0: We're going to be in the book of Jonah. We've been talking about who are, who are we listening to? And of course, obviously, we, this has kind of been based upon that passage of Scripture that, you know, if we would listen to God and we listen to him and do what he says, that our house would be like a house that's built on solid rock. It's going to be like a house that's built on a strong foundation that no matter what winds come, what troubles that we face, that we're going to be okay because we have the solid foundation Of Christ, instead of the sand, of course, that that falls away and and leads to destruction. And the key then is that, you know, we, we need to be realizing that we are listening, we need to be listening to the right people. In particular, we need to be listening to the Lord. And I wonder what kind of extreme lengths, what extreme lengths have you ever gone to to get people's attention for them to actually listen to you? What's that? Violence. Violence, okay. Yeah, unfortunately, violence. Yeah, that's, that's definitely been the case, I'm sure, for some of us, you know, probably for all of us in some, in some regard. You know, what if, is there any stories anybody can share? What have you done to truly get someone to listen to you? To, you know, I just kind of remember my mom or my dad, if someone was just kind of like, you know, they would just come up to my face and they would grab it, right? That ever happened to you? <laughs> to get your attention, to actually listen to what they were trying to tell me. And there are things in our lives that, that, that God uses to get our attention, and in particular, this is embarrassing to say to some extent, but I've been sharing with you embarrassing stories and mistakes that I've made very freely over the last few weeks. But uh, I've been on a journey that's actually taken, I might have mentioned this, I know the the rest of the church has heard this a million times from me, but it's just been over a year. I've been trying to diet. And uh, so I've lost uh, 65 pounds and I had started this. Thank you. Started this last, (laughs) started this last October, October the eighth. And so it's actually been over a year since I've done that. But the whole, the whole thing that got my attention was, you know, I've got diabetes in my family all over the place. My grandfather, on both sides that have both passed away had diabetes. And so Diane had been on me for the longest time. When are you gonna take it serious? When are you going to do something about your weight, the way that you eat? And it really, I've just been living a, a crummy lifestyle with that for the longest time, because I just quite frankly love to eat. Does anybody else like to eat? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what it was, but we had just come home probably from eating dinner and we started on this thing. And next thing you know, we were in an argument. You've Never been in an argument before. Have you <laughs> back and forth? And, and and I was trying to twist it. You've never twisted things. I was trying to turn it around. Like, Honey, you just don't love me the way that I am. Why can't you love me for, what are you laughing over there for? Why can't you just love me for me and all my fat glory? <laughs> why not? You just, you know, why did you ever marry me anyway? Why were you attracted to me? And you know, you know what I'm saying? Are you a gifted manipulator like that? Are you a gifted twister? Yes. We, we can have that ability. But we ended up in this argument and, as usual, my wife is always right. She, you know, I just God works through here through her in, in such you know strong ways that you think by now I would listen. But we ended up in an argument, and I was like, well, fine. And I just remember, I don't know if we ever really resolved it, and I've always kind of had the mentality to resolve arguments, but I was just angry, and I was frustrated because we'd had this argument before. But the next day, I'm scrolling through Facebook, which is my job at the mission is, you know, to put stuff up on Facebook. And I actually see this ad come up for this thing called Noom. It's just a software that will help you lose weight. The only way it helps you is it tells you to do the stuff that you already should have been doing to begin with, right? Eating the right amount of calories, exercising, and to the point that even after I've lost all this weight, everyone always wants to stop and ask, so what have you done? What plan are you on? And you know because they want to know if you should uh, cut out carbs, if you know if you should just be uh, what, what are the, the Atkins diet or how many? Let's see how many diets we can name. Can we real quick? Keto. What's that? Keto. Yeah, right. That's the one. Keto, Atkins. What? Paleo. Paleo. South Beach. South Beach. Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers Nutrisystem. Nutrisystem. Jenny Craig. Jenny Craig. Y'all are like, I can't even keep up with the popcorn going off today. I did the watermelon diet. The watermelon diet. What is the watermelon diet? Watermelon, <laughs> y'all have been on juice cleanses, you know, and we, we always kinda, it's funny because, you know, they would ask me, so what did you do, and I was like, I ate less, and I exercised. <laughs> nobody, yeah, <laughs> nope. nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear what? The truth, you know? Eat less and exercise, uh, live a healthy lifestyle. How did you change? How did it go? I listened to the truth. Unfortunately, it was the catalyst of an argument with my wife and I'm like, well, fine. You know, and I saw that and I did it. I love you, by the way. Thank <laughs> so you, so you, thank, you. The, uh, spite? thank you for, a for <laughs> I, it started out of spite. You know, sometimes thing do, things do, don't they? You know, there's, there's been things in your life I'm sure that you've wanted to change and for all of us there's a different story that said where well, we finally got to the point where enough is enough. We finally hit the bottom, we said I, I've had it or you know, there's some I've had it moment. There is some catalyst that says I have got to do something about this. And the story of Jonah that we're looking at today is what if we're not listening, right? God loves us so much that he is willing to interject himself into your life to get your attention. He's willing to go to extreme measures because he loves you. Because he's not gonna leave you just the way that you are. I heard someone say this a long time ago, that God loves you just the way you are, but he promises not to leave you that way. Diane loved me, to go back to my story, as chubby as I was and, and unhealthy. It was really about being unhealthy. But she didn't want me to stay that way because she loved me. She kind of liked to keep me around for a little while. I don't know why. But <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> She's joking. And I know that because I know her heart. And God's heart is for you. He loves you the way you are, but he promises not to leave you that way. And let's look at the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah is a really interesting story, and and it's just, it's always, it's kind of one of the craziest stories in the Bible because, man, this is just hard to imagine how this happened. And and let's take a look at it. We're gonna, I'm gonna fly through the book of Jonah this morning, and we're gonna look at some other passages, but here we begin. And so it says, Now the, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, of the Lord, well, before we get too far, how many of y'all have, have read the book of Jonah before? So we're, I just wanna see how much of us are on the same page, okay? So it's gonna be new to you a little bit, that's okay. But this, it's a crazy story, so God says, I want you to go and talk to Nineveh. Nineveh needs to be on a diet, so to speak, right? Nineveh is not following me, they're not listening to my word. Jonah, go and talk to Nineveh, and immediately what he does is go the opposite direction completely goes the opposite direction. To Golden Corral. To Golden Corral. Not listening to God. <laughs> That's interesting, so what, is, what does God do? He says, but, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps your God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. It's interesting, Jonah completely turns his back, goes the opposite direction God tells him to, gets on this boat, and, and he's just content with where he is. Not having listened, gone the opposite direction to the point that he does what? He takes a nap. Do you ever try to get someone's attention? They just don't care. They're not paying any attention to the, you know, we've been in arguments before, and, 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 and Diane would go upstairs, and I'm going to pick any a little bit, and she would just go to sleep. I'm not, it would just be like, and to me, that was my, I was well, you just don't care. That wasn't true in our case. She was trying to get me to grow up. But Jonah, in this case, didn't care. Wasn't paying any attention. Just goes down and goes to sleep. And they said to one another, come on, let's, let's figure out who's responsible for this. Let's cast lots that they may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots and lots fell on Jonah. And they said to him, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? What, of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because why? He told them. So they even already knew why he was on the boat. He was even prideful about the fact that he wasn't going the direction that God had told him to go. So what are you doing here? I'm running away from God. I'm going the opposite direction. It's pretty crazy. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more temptuous. He said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to go back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. I should be reading the NIV today, it'd be easier to pronounce. <laughs> Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and, and laid not upon us his innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Can you imagine that? And It had to be some of them were like, I don't, I don't know if this guy's f- legit, for real or not. They throw him in this, you know, they threw everything else out, threw the cargo out to try, that's what you did, try to lighten the load because, you know, this, this ship is gonna go under. They throw Jonah overboard and just goes. Pfft. So then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And so this is, the, this is what it gets even crazier, right? It says, and then the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah's not listening, runs the opposite direction to what it, we, he he gets thrown into the sea, the sea is calm, and God causes what to happen? A giant fish to swallow him. And if you've heard the story before, we, the biggest fish that we can think of is what? A whale. A whale. That's why we, this story is typically called Jonah and the whale. That's the biggest fish we can think of. Actually, there's a story about this, uh, there's an Englishman that was actually swallowed by a fish. I can't think of the, what kind of fish it was. It was some kind of uh, some kind of whale giant. Uh, a fish. It was a fish. But they literally he and he he survived in this fish. I can't remember the amount of days if it was three or how many it was but he was in there for a good while. And they actually had to cut the fish open and the guy was like his skin was bleached white from being in the stomach acid essentially of this fish. Yeah, pretty gross you're like, dude, take a shower, okay? It had to be pretty bad, right? One of the things that we're gonna see, if you understand the character of God, it's what we said earlier, God loves you enough that he's gonna do something to get your attention. And what we see with God is that this, we see it in the book of John, it talks about Jesus, that he was full of of two things. This is key today, he was full of grace, But it was also full of truth. Grace and truth, those two things always have to come together. You know, I needed to hear the truth that day from my wife, from Diane saying, you you need to to do something about this. But I also needed the grace, the love that, that went with it what we see in in the book of Jonah is is, is God causes this big storm, he gets thrown out, but also he he causes this fish to come. That's really the grace of God. It's an attention getter. It's in a sense that this is, why aren't you listening to me? But it's also the grace of God because guess where that fish swam? Right, Right to where, right, right to where he was supposed to go. And in the midst of that fish, we're, gonna, we're not gonna read through this for time today, in the midst of that fish, is, it has this prayer that Jonah and he's talking to, to God, and he's, he's, he's kind of coming to his senses, right? Lord, I, you know, I, 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 I finally, I finally come, he's coming to his senses, and then in the end of it, it's basically saying, I, I'm going blind here, in verse, verse number 9, chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But I, but I with the voice of thanksgiving, these are the, the last words in the fish, right? Or the, the whale. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord basically his way of saying, Lord, what I, what I said I was going to do, you know, you called me essentially to be a preacher. This is, this is a prophet. Jonah was a prophet. Prophets are supposed to tell the word of God. That's what a prophet does, foretells, it gets, he gets out the word of God. And God says, you need to go and use these gifts, you, the calling I've given you in Nineveh. And he goes the opposite way. He says, I'm, I'm going to fulfill the vow that I've made. I'm going to follow through with what you've told me to do. And then it says, and then the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out. I love that. There's vomit in the Bible, right? Vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. How many times did your parents come to you and kind of grab that face and get your attention? Did it just happen? Did you you immediately come back around? You didn't? Were you you a tough child, Brad? Because Jonah, it's interesting, Jonah goes on the shore of Nineveh and he begins to preach and he begins to tell the Ninevites what's gonna happen. Basically, you need to repent. What what does repentance mean? Can somebody give me a, what's that? To turn away from your sin. sin. It's, it's, It's if, you know, you're walking this direction and you stop. You turn around and you go the other way. It's kind of a good visual picture, okay? And, and Jonah is saying to the people of Nineveh, you need to turn away from the evil that you're doing. It says that the word reached the king of Nineveh in chapter 3. This is in verse, I'm going to need some light apparently. Uh, verse 6, it says, The word reached the king of Nineveh and he ro- arose from his throne returned to return let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands who knows god may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish god was serious about the way nineveh was living and that's why he sent jonah and so the people of jonah or the people of nineveh turned back towards god they stopped doing what they were doing they they repented God got their attention, it says when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said that he would do to them and he did not do it. So we see the grace of God for the people of Nineveh. We see the grace of God with Jonah who wasn't listening, God got his attention and he turns and he begins to do what God says. So what do you think that Jonah's attitude would be at this point? You would think he'd be happy. You'd think God, you know, I, as a pastor, I'd be thrilled. It's like God's using me for his purposes. God's, God's doing something. It was so cool to be able to be a part of that. How awesome is this? And I would be, I'd be telling people about how much of a bonehead I was and how I had to be thrown in the ocean and and swallowed by a fish and spit out on land to finally get right. But from that moment on, you know, I'd be like, man, I don't want to go through that again. Lord, I, I got your attention. You got my attention. Thank you so much. But in verse chapter four, it says in verse one, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was angry. What? And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah was ticked off at the grace of God God I knew you were going to be this way you were just going to send me over there and these people were going to repent and you know, I'm just it's almost like I'm, I'm tired of your grace tired of your graciousness you know like, what what in the world are you talking about how can you be irritated with the grace of God you just experienced the grace of God the miraculous power of God in your own life and now you're ticked off like, dude, you are in the, the long line of, of ministry work. You don't belong. In, you know, what's the deal? What in the world? And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? One of the things that amazes me in the book of Jonah is God's gentleness with Jonah. The love that he continues to show to Jonah, even after this moment. He doesn't give up on Jonah because wouldn't you think like, you know, if you were a parent in particular and, and, you know, you went to great lengths, I mean, to do the things that had happened with Jonah, I I feel like, what else can you do? How else can I get your attention? I caught, you fell in the ocean. I had a, a fish swallow you and spit you up where you were supposed to be. Do you still not get it? And then you're upset that I showed love and grace to these people after I dealt with you? What in the world? He'd be like, wouldn't, wouldn't you? I'd be like, if I, you know, I'm not God, thankfully. There's a good reason for that. Throw his hand, I'd be like, throw my hand, forget it. I'm done with, you. Jonah, we're moving on to somebody else. But God says, why, why are you angry? And Jonah went out in the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there kind of a little place to hang out. It says, he sat sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. That's interesting. God already relented from what he was going to do to Nineveh, shows them grace. Jonah whines to God and complains to him, and then he goes and sits down as if what he said to God was gonna change God's mind. He wanted to sit down and see what happened to Nineveh. Maybe God will change his mind again and he'll just strike them all dead. That's the attitude that Jonah has here. A huge, huge prideful attitude. So he sits down to see what would become of the city. How do you think God, you know, should respond at this point? You know, you you just kind of want to go, come on, wake up. This is what God does. He says, now the Lord appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort because it was hot out there, okay? So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. Exceedingly glad, this is just another way God caused grace to be a part of Jonah's life. But it says, but when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And Jonah says, and he asked that he might die and said, is it better for me to die? It, he says, rather, it is better for me to die than to live. This is I don't know if Jonah and I could be friends, you know? He's so thankful for the plant that God raises up to cover him up, but then God causes the worm to kill it so that it dies, and he's just like, he would rather die. That's his attitude. He's moping, he's sitting there, things didn't go his way. He would just rather die. Of course, maybe we've had moments like that where our pride, where our attitudes just really, you've never had an attitude before, have you? Never dealt with pride before, have you? That's where Jonah is. It's better for me to die than to live, but God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the the plant? And Jonah says, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. in dealing with Jonah was incredible. He continues to to be with Jonah in his his ups and his downs and his attitudes and his turning away from God. God God does all kinds of things to get his attention. The question that we've been talking about is is who are we listening to? And there are times in our life where we, we, we have to recognize the pride that's in our own life. We have to recognize the, the things that are, that are taking place that need to be done away with, but, but God will go to extreme lengths to, to get our attention. Thank you, I think I'm good with that. I wonder when someone does come to us, though, when someone does speak to us and share something with us that we need to hear, you know how do we handle it how do you receive the truth is really kind of what we're talking about today when somebody has to tell you something that you don't want to hear how where's what's the condition of your heart of your heart are you able to receive it are you able to take it in you know, I wanted to argue and, and to wrestle that day with Diane. I, wasn't, I didn't wanna take it in. I didn't wanna hear it. I didn't, I didn't wanna do anything about it. Thankfully, though, I, I relented and I did. Now, we, there's a, some, a story in scripture about that as well, where Jesus is saying, who's, who's the servant that was really faithful to me? This father comes and says, hey, I'd like you to go out and, and work in the fields. He says it to one son, and the son says, no, I don't want to, essentially but then he changes his mind and he goes out and does it and then there's another son that says yeah sure dad I'll go do it but he doesn't do anything which is the one that was, was faithful to God he said he wasn't, he did. but did anyway he followed through can we be people that will, will really, can listen to the hard stuff because you're going to have to listen to some hard stuff sometimes that you don't want to hear for there to be real change in your life, for God to to work within you. He's going to challenge you. He's going to say hard things to you. He's going to say this doesn't belong in your life. This should change in your life. And he will use, as he did with my wife, other people to, to say to say some of those things. There's a a great verse in the book of Proverbs uh, that I'd like us to look at. And David, it's Proverbs 27, 5 through 6. Let me get him to put that on screen. And just keep your finger in Proverbs. There's a, there's a couple of, of verses there I'd like us to look at. In Proverbs 27, 5 through 6, we're going to check this out. It says this, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Rebuke is a, a fancy word essentially for saying you, you're doing something wrong. You know, you ever had to be the person that had to say, okay, you're going to have to talk to so-and-so. Ugh. I've done a lot of management stuff before working in like food service and other areas. And, you know, someone, someone's not doing something right. And you have to be the guy because you're the leader to go and talk to that person. And being the introvert that I am at times, it makes me sick to my stomach. I don't want to have that hard conversation, right? Because isn't that fear, what if they don't listen? Or what if they think I'm attacking them? Or what if they, you know, they think I'm out to get them, you know? And sometimes people act like that, right? You just hate me. You don't like me at all. You're out to get me. And they're like, "Uh, no. Hopefully, when it comes to these things, we understand the Spirit of God. The know, we know He loves us. So when He says something hard to take, hard to swallow, we know His heart. That it, and that's what we know, hopefully, about maybe. I don't know what kind of parents you had. Thankfully, I had some great parents. I knew they loved me. So my dad told me some, some hard stuff. I knew it came from a heart of love. But we have to, it says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. You're know, like, well, that's kind of odd. What does that, what does that mean? You, it's better to tell someone the truth than to love someone and not actually say something, right? Did you ever love someone, but you're like, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Don't want to have to say that. But the problem is, is if you don't, they could hurt themselves. They could go down the wrong path. Uh, who knows what it is? I don't want to have to say that thing because I love... You know? Because relationships are fragile, aren't they? Scary sometimes. But the book of Proverbs, God says this. He says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. It's better, it's better to, to be honest. It's better to say this is something that eh, we're going to have to deal with here. And it says this, faithful, in, in conjunction, faithful are the wounds of a friend. If you know that person's a friend, if you know they love you, the wounds being those hard words to take, you know, faithful are the wounds of a friend. They're, they're a, it's a helpful kind of wound, you know? Do you ever have to, you know, there, there, there are times where there's, you know, you have to scrub something to get it off of your hands, right? Or you have to, in the, in the hospital, they have to dig into a wound to get out an infection. And There, there are times that they have to do things in, in a hospital that, that hurt, that have to be taken care of so that you actually heal, so that you're healthy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but it says profuse or hurtful are the kisses of an enemy. An enemy's not gonna stick up and say the things you need to hear they're gonna just let you just casually walk off a cliff. Can we take the hard things? Can we, you know, and, and in Toby's place, I'm sure there's gonna be some moments you're gonna hear some stuff that's, that's hard to hear. Because I mean, I didn't want to change my eating habits. In my life, I'm, I'm, I am, how old am I, 44, something like that? I've been eating like that since I was a teenager. For a while, it didn't matter because your metabolism when you're young is like you know it don't matter what you do you sit in front of the TV and eat Doritos all day and I'm good but you can't eat like that apparently I've learned in your 40s it doesn't work doesn't Brad yeah it's a battle can we can we take in the things that we need to hear in Proverbs since you're still there let's look at a, another one Proverbs chapter nine verse eight through nine. A lot of this has to do with the the attitudes of our heart again do not reprove a scoffer that's that's kind of what you know the person that's just like "Ah, whatever right they're not going to listen it's the uh the phrase you've probably heard before don't cast your pearls before a swine you give someone this this great truth and they just trample it they don't take it in do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you but if you reprove a wise man, it says, he will love you, right? Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. It's really this this attitude of are, are you, and you've probably heard this before, are you teachable? Can you be taught something? That's, a, that's the right kind of place. That's a, that's a heart, if you will, when we were talking about the seed and, and the ground last week or the week before, that's plowed up and ready. It's, it's, a, it's a ground, if you will, a heart that's receptive, that can receive the things that God has to say. And to stay in that place, it, it, we need to stay in that place that we would continue to hear what God has to say, because God, there's a, there's a fancy word in the Bible essentially called sanctification. It's this process that takes place where God is continually molding us and shaping us to be more and more like him. And it can be a very challenging process because God says, no, this needs to change. This needs to, to go. You need to add this to your life. You need to take this away from your life. This is what it means to follow me. This is what I'm calling you to do Next. It's the kind of kind of heart that we need to have to follow the Lord. One, one more verse, and we'll, we'll move on. Proverbs chapter 12, verse one is really cool. <laughs> I just love this. You can't tell me the Bible's boring at all. Okay. Talking about fish swallowing people, vomiting up people. Proverbs 12.1 says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, right? But he who hates reproof or being corrected or told, you know, rebuke, essentially is what that means, is what? Is stupid. So this morning, that's a sermon, don't be stupid. Let's pray. No, just kidding. Don't be stupid. Because it is dumb, isn't it? If you don't, you know, let me give you an example. Here's here's a friend of mine was telling me a long time ago about his son, and his he was he was you have to look after your children, okay, clearly, and reproof correction is important. He's out in the other room and he's studying, he's he's reading. He's also a pastor. He's just quietly kind of writing notes down, reading the Bible, and he hears this sound. <laughs> What? what? Doesn't think about it. About 20 seconds later, <laughs> what is that noise? You ever you ever had that moment? You know, you're like trying to figure out what that is and you just stop and you kind of lean in. Well, he, he finally got up, thankfully sooner than later and goes into the kitchen where it seemed to be coming from. And his son at the time is, I'm not sure how old he was. He was young, but he's in front of, they had a gas stove. And he's in front of the gas stove, and we've got one. You turn it on, what happens? You get that click, and it goes, right? And he was just fascinated with the click, you know? So off and on, off and on, but, you know, where there's fire, as you know from my first story, a couple of weeks ago, there's danger, especially for someone, for a child that's, six or seven, I don't know how, how old he was. And so he had to go and, and tell his son Seth, no, don't do that. I think he might have even popped him on the hand. And, and at the time he said, I don't know why this was the phrase he used, but hurt the boy, it's gonna hurt you, no. Sometimes we don't, we don't wanna hear that, right? We don't wanna hear no. But John, his dad, knew that if he played with fire that he was going to hurt himself. Corrections important. Corrections needed. Because if we just keep going, we're gonna hurt ourselves. We're gonna get burnt. We have to have hearts that are receptive that will really listen to what God has to say. Thankfully, again, Seth knew because, of his, because it was his dad that his dad loved him, you know, that grace and truth, they, they, they come together. You have to understand something, that, that as, a, as a Christian, one well, the, the greatest things we talk about is the love and grace of Christ. I would not be here if it were not for the grace of God. The Lord has forgiven me for a lot of dumb, stupid, and horrible mistakes that I've made. He's given me grace. He's given me forgiveness. He, he's shown love to me. And the thing is, though, is that, that that grace and that love, however, is it's given for a reason. It's given so that so that, that he, you know that I get up again. You know? dust it off and we keep moving forward it's it's grace for a reason it's not grace just to you know just to say you know no 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 Seth no 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 Seth you know I love you I love you man but he never he never tells him to stop Seth I, I love you that's all right you know you burnt your fingers you, you burnt your hand you know I still love you there there has to be the point where you have to stop this Seth you can't play with the fire What would have been next for him? Putting his hand in there and looking at the blue flame, okay? Grace and truth come together and that grace is given so that that we get up again, that that we have the opportunity to move forward, the opportunity for change, for transformation in our lives. That grace and that truth work in that way. Ultimately, what this boils down to is this and we're We're about out of time. I want to take a look at James chapter 4. Verse 6 through 10 is where we're going to look. What has, to, what has to happen is the, you know, the story of Jonah. Jonah essentially was, was full of pride. And because he was full of pride, he couldn't listen. Unfortunately for me, it's taken a mom, moments where I, I've, I finally made the mistake. And so then, because I'm finally at the bottom, then I'm listening. Then I'm all ears. You know, it's not until, you know, story last week, I drove over the blocks. You know, okay. I should have listened. In James 4, 6, it says, but God, of course, gives more grace, and it says, therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded this is kind of an odd passage it says be wretched and mourn and weep let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom basically it just means that there needs to be a point in your life where you just completely repent and turn the opposite way that it just seems like all these things are just turned upside down because it says this at the end humble yourselves which is what this passage is about Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. When you saw saw Jonah in the belly saying the prayers that that he prayed, the Lord spit him out where he needed to go. He gave him the grace to get up and to keep going again, didn't he? To do what he intended for him to do all along in Revelation 3.20 we'll just hit two more passages and we'll be done these little quick quick hitters Revelation 3.20 is a great passage this is just the aspect uh, when, when we're humble before God we're, we have open ears we're listening this passage is, is used for a lot of different things but this is it's just the aspect of listening to him is what I want you to hear Because Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, that's step one. But then there's a step two, isn't there, and does what? Opens the door. So he said, if you, you hear my words, that's one thing. But then if you put them into practice, Jesus says, then your house will be built on a firm foundation. You know, you could hear all the words that we've been talking about in Jonah and elsewhere today and and say, Great, I, I love just to hear the sound of his voice. That was just pretty cool. But if you don't do anything about it, right, what's the good? Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him, and he with me. Jesus is speaking, he says, if you, will, if you will listen to me, if you will open the door, I, there's this relationship that God wants to have with you. If you will humble yourself, if you'll listen to him, he wants to come in and he uses the picture of a meal, which we're about to have together, right? There's something about sitting around a table. We get closer to each other. We get to know each other. There's a relationship built. That's what's so amazing about this is that God wants to know you on a personal level. He loves you. God is not a God who's far away. He didn't take up and wind up this world like a clock and say, well, peace out. He wants to know you. One-on-one, close, moment-by-moment, walk beside you, be with you. That's what it means to be a believer in Christ. It means it's it's that close walk with Jesus. And, you know... At Toby's place and at churches and everyone's so excited to talk about this because if you know what it's like to walk with Jesus if you know what it's like to hang out with him and to be with him and I mean it, it, there's nothing else like it because he is the one and it, it makes sense because he made it all life I'm gonna tell you this right now life makes no sense without Jesus zero sense he is the key to everything because He made it. He knows you. He's the one that the Bible says took and formed us out of the dirt of the ground and breathed the breath of life. He knows you better than you know yourself, which is hard for us to imagine. There's stuff on the inside and in our, in our heart and our thoughts that no one's ever heard but us, but He has. He knows you. He knows everything about you. If we will humble ourselves, it says, and if we will open the door, I will come in and, and, and to him and eat with him and, and he with me. One last passage in Proverbs one twenty three. Proverbs 1.23. You got me, David? <laughs> it's all right. <clears throat> this is pretty awesome. Proverbs one twenty three, and this would be neat to kind of hear out of some of y'all different versions this morning. But in the ESV, it says, if you turn at my reproof, what's that word reproof mean again? Rebuke, Rebuke. that correction, right. If you will turn, if, if you will listen, if you will heed my words, essentially, if you will do that, Behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. He'll pour out his spirit. Really, the best way that I can explain that, and it's so much deeper than this, is it's the, it's the blessing of God. The presence of God. His presence with you, and, 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 and it makes all the difference. If we would, if we would heed his words, if we, if we listen to what he says, he will meet with us, he will, he will pour out his spirit in our lives. The blessing of God. This morning, it's, it's my prayer for all of us. When, I, when, I, when I'm preaching, I'm preaching just as much to myself, trust me, that we would heed God's word that we would be able to take the hard stuff. We'd be able to take the correction that we, we have, as Jesus said, you know, those who have ears to hear. We have these, but it doesn't mean we're using them, right? If we have ears that actually hear, can we, can we hear the hard stuff? Can we hear the life transformative stuff, the things that are hard to hear, things that are hard to take? that if we would, that, that the Lord would change us, he would, they would pour out His Spirit upon us, that he, would, that he would bless our lives. If we would just listen, if we would just humble ourselves before Him, that we make it all about Him instead of all about us, right? Let's pray. Lord, we, we thank You for Your Word this morning. We're so grateful for the continual love that you show us, the patience that you have with us. Thank you, Lord, for the example we see uh, of the extreme lengths that you will go to for us, Lord, like you did with Jonah. Lord, you caused a a fish to to swallow him, to get his attention. You caused a a plant to grow up uh, to teach him another lesson. Lord, really, You came, uh, became a man, and you died for us on the cross. You gave your very life for us. Help us to to never take that for granted, Lord. Help us to humble ourselves before you day by day, moment by moment. We love you, and we thank you for this, this morning together. It's in Jesus' name we pray.